Welcome to another Movie Mastery episode, the only show on the internet where someone reviews movies. I am John, with me as always is Jeff here. Hey Jeff, how you doing? Oh, I'm so good. Alright, we are watching movies you suggest. We randomly roll from our list of your movies. And this week we have rolled up Hakider. Yeah, Roboman Hakider or something Roboman Hakida. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming that it's probably got a, a one clear name in Japan, but not here. Probably. But yeah, I think it's Roboman Hakider. And uh, we have watched the trailer for that, so we are going to give you our predictions based on the trailer. Then we're going to watch the movie and come back and see how stupid we were. Yeah. Well, I'm not really... I haven't really watched a lot of Sentai or whatever you call this kind of stuff. Yeah, it's hentai. Tonkatsu? See, I I say... Oh, it might be tokusatsu or something like that. One of those is when guys dress up as Power Rangers and fight each other. The other is food? So I'm a, I'm a little I'm a little worried that I'm going to say the wrong one. Yeah, no, it's uh I think this is normally called Yaoi, right? Yeah, I yeah think it's that's that's like Guri or something like that. It's yeah, Yorogi, yeah. I think. Guro. Yeah. <laughs> Ganjuro. I I don't know. It's I but I'm, I'm pretty sure tonkatsu is a type of ramen. So I I'm I'm guessing it's not that. Uh so this is from what I can tell from the trailer, it looks like Judge Dredd meets RoboCop. Uh, in the world of Equilibrium. Yeah, it's got kind of a evil future vibe where everyone is mind-controlled, and then all of a sudden, out of the shadows comes a robot with a brain of pure red that... that and then it asks questions. The trailer keeps asking us questions throughout, and the questions are weird. They're like, it's like is this righteous justice? Or pure evil, and you're yeah. like, what? Yeah, ruthless justice. And I was when it, when it said ruthless justice, I was like, oh, that's just the tagline of the film. That'd be great, ruthless justice. But then it throws a question mark on there, and I'm like, oh, well, yes, please. Yeah, I would like some ruthless justice. Uh, ruthless or, justice or satanic evil. Uh, cake. Oh, I'll take cake. It's weird how long the breaks are between those lines, too. It's like... This is a really long trailer. It's easy to forget that they had asked you an initial question, and then they're going to follow it up with a second dichotomy choice, you know? Where they're just like, Ruthless Justice! Three minutes of trailer. Satanic evil? <laughs> it's like, oh! Oh, that was an option! Okay. Uh, anyway. If this piece is insincere, I will destroy it. Yeah, that was weird. That's like his catchphrase, I guess. I don't know. It's in quotes. If this piece is insincere or illus- illusory, I will destroy it. Yeah. Great. All right. Anyway, so, he's basically a Sentai Robocop. Yeah, he's a big Robocop guy who is here to kill just hordes of faceless chuds. Yeah, kind of like extra plastic glued on putties. Yeah, no, it just, it looks like... Shitty stormtroopers. Yeah, basically. I'm assuming they're all robots so that he can destroy them with impunity. Yeah, you just crush their head and then it just sparks and that's fine. Yeah, that's going to be fine. One thing, my first prediction about this is going to be the problem I have with RoboCop as well and a a bunch of other films about a slow-moving robot good guy is I get real tired of seeing constant movie proof that they're bulletproof. Yeah, I get it. I get that they're bulletproof. Show me one shot of someone unloading a machine gun on them and then let's move along. But my prediction about this movie is every time he gets in a fight with these things, and it will be several times, they will all stand there unloading bullets on him while he just stands there looking at them. <laughs> I'm going to guess we're going to get three scenes of that. So we have to go, oh, wow, he sure is bulletproof. So that's my first prediction. There you go. Uh, my prediction is they're, they're going to probably spend a lot of time in the beginning setting up this whole dystopia thing, and then in, just completely forget about it until probably the ending credit scroll. Where they're like, and then Hakider brought peace to the world. Yeah, I assume so. I, I'm guessing the villain will be, like, one guy. 
Oh, yeah, it's one robo guy. I think it's probably one of the guys we see in the trailer is a different robo guy. Yeah, he's like a white one instead of the dark gray of Hakaider. Yeah, so I assume he's he's the evil CEO of fucking ruthless Justice Quo. There's also one shot at the very end of the trailer that's clearly done in a different animation style. It looks like it's done in stop motion or something where he's fighting an even bigger robot like an ED209 equivalent. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's the follow-up to the bad guy or the big lieutenant before the big bad guy. Who knows? Uh, yeah, so I'm going to say, let's see, he's bulletproof, and I'm going to say it's a question in the film whether or not he's actually human in there. Uh, that's probably good. I'm going to say, prediction, he has the mind of the last good cop embedded in him. <laughs> All right, that's a good prediction. Yeah. Yeah, that's inspired or uh, informed by nothing, so I like it. It's a good random prediction. No, good prediction. Yeah. I think Hakaider Robo Man is actually the last good cop before evil CEO took over the world with his brain control. So what you're basically saying is this movie straight up is RoboCop. That is I'm pretty much saying this is just Judge Dredd RoboCop. It's a lone badass protagonist against hordes of evil dudes. Okay. All right. Well, you want to go watch the movie? Uh, I mean, we might as well. We've got pizza. That's true. We do have homemade pizza here. Fresh, not delivery pizza. An IBC root beer and alcoholic cider. And a Coke, which is what you should drink with pizza. That's why you bought that root beer, because you knew I would want root beer. I knew you would want it because you're wrong and dumb. All right, let's watch this movie. Woo! Here it is, Hakaider. First of all, it's not called Roboman Hakaider. we got to get that out of the way right away. The trailer we watched was a trailer off of YouTube, and that said Roboman Hakaider. But and, really, it's Mechanical Violator, or whatever. You did, that's right, Mechanical Violator Hakaider. And then, additionally, the box that the DVD came in was just Hakaider. Yeah, so there's so many Hakaider names... Pick and choose your favorite. And uh, we should probably mention that this DVD we actually own as a DVD, a box set gift from our good friend Jacobs who sent that to us. Thanks. Thanks, you asshole. Oh, it was nice of him. Not only that, but because it was cheaper to buy a three DVD set instead of the actual just Hakaider DVD, I have two more movies just like this that we can watch later. Oh, sweet. In case I need to take a nap, I can watch one of these later. Yeah, this really did tend to kind of knock you out, didn't it? Oh, man. Like, normally when I'm fucking around on my phone during one of these movies, it's because the movie is dumb and I'm just bored. This is... The only way I could stay awake is if there was something happening, and the only way that was going to happen was if something was going on on my phone. (laughs) All right. Well, okay, so... Just the rhythmic noises of bullets hitting a guy... Oh, yeah. I mean, if you want to just start with the predictions and which ones we were right and wrong about. Well, 100% right about, boy howdy, did they want you to know that this guy didn't care about bullets. Yeah, every single scene that Mechanical Violator Hakaider is in, he gets shot with some bullets and they don't do anything. Yeah. Every scene. One time he gets shot in the head when he's not in robot form, and it puts a little hole in his head, but it doesn't do anything. And it's a fucking cannon. It's not like all the scenes were like, oh, we've got fucking pistols or a rifle or something, and he's like, oh, I don't care. This was, 
like, the wall-mounted defense cannons, and he got shot in the head, and he's like, hey, stop it. Come on, guys. Hey, hey I'm, I'm a kiter. Yeah, I, I mean, there's only so many times you can get away with the, this guy's such a badass that bullets going off near him and on him don't even phase him before it just gets super boring. Oh, yeah. I mean, you get that in a lot of things. You know, anytime Superman shows up somewhere, there's got to be some guy who's robbing a thing and he tries to shoot him and he doesn't care. Yeah. And, and like, let's just establish the base level of bulletproof that he is. Right. And I feel like they've, they've hit a point now in the Superman movies where that, that gets lampshaded every time. Like, some guy shoots him and it hits him in the eye and he just goes, eh, oops. Now, don't do that now. Hey, now. But, but Hakaider here is a little more of the strong, stoic type, so... He just stands there while bullets ping off him until the villains are basically done. And that's the main issue with it is, I mean, if you look at something like RoboCop, who's, okay, I'm bulletproof and I'm going to go fuck people up. Except, A, he has funny little quips he does, whereas Hakaider is silent throughout basically everything. Yeah, he says, like, Hakaider's got, like, eight lines all overall in the movie and none of them during fights. No, and none of them interesting. Yeah. It's like... Okay, you said maybe one line that mattered, and the rest of it was like, I will kill things. Okay, great. Yeah, it was weird. Anyway, uh, let's see, what were the other predictions? Mine was that uh, we will not know for a long time whether or not he is a robot or a man. And actually, I'm still not 100% (laughs) sure. So I'm going to go ahead and give that one to myself. Even though I'm pretty sure he's all robot, he sure looks like a dude. Yeah, I'm I'm almost certain he's straight robot, but I don't know. I, mean, he's I got just a, don't know. He's got a dude face. He's got, like, dream sequences. <laughs> uh, so I, he might be human. I don't know. What were your predictions? Uh, okay, so predictions were that... Uh, uh, one of them was that he's the last good cop in a town gone bad. Well, yeah, which, no, he was the last... Thing made by the main villain before they took power, but he was like, oh, he went crazy, so fuck this guy. Right, and I don't remember what your other prediction was. I think my other prediction was that I would hate everything. And I was right. <laughs> I was correct that I would. Oh, boy. Okay, so let's run through this thing scene by scene. Here we go. Good times. Doing a breakdown. We start right out the bat with some people, like, breaking into a vault somewhere. I, we I don't wanna... know where it is. Why they're breaking in, apparently this guy worked there. He's like, oh yeah, I've worked here forever and I didn't realize there was a tunnel down here. Yeah, he worked where? It looks like the the last, that castle from The Last Unicorn. I was going to say, it looks like he worked in the line before you get on the Indiana Jones ride at Disneyland. <laughs> well, the tunnel is certainly that. Yeah, that's that was it. He was just, he worked that inside line. Bit. Yeah. It, the uh, You know, I used to do that. I worked for a very brief period at uh, SeaWorld, and one of my jobs was to be inside the tunnel at uh, the, the one of the the rides, like the inner tube ride they have at the SeaWorld in San Diego. Yeah, and just stand around there naked and wet, <laughs> just I, grabbing well, people. You, I mean, they didn't part, pay me, but it was my job. You're part right. My job was to be in there standing around because I had to be like a lifeguard for this thing, but no one ever comes out of those stupid seats in that. So you just stand. It was basically... Eight hours a day, standing in various places at or near a ride. Good. That's a good job to have. The best part, though, this was the weirdest thing about this, and I still, to this day, I don't understand why the fuck they built it at all. There's one part of this ride where, and again, if you've ever been to SeaWorld in San Diego, it's the one where you sit in a big inner tube. Oh, yes, that one. Yeah. 
uh, you, the, there's this one part where you're going through this little set of tubes, and you're about to go into a tunnel, and there's a huge waterfall coming down. And right as you get to the waterfall, it lessens, so you don't get completely torrent-drenched. Yeah. Like, it turns off a little bit, it, it senses when a boat is coming. There's an observation post about 50 yards back from that, which you will not see when you're on the ride, because it's kind of high up, and it's not it's not in front of you at any point, so you won't even see this. But it can see you, and for some reason, there's a button in that observation post that you can press that stops the effect of the waterfall lessening. So, <laughs> so if you would like to completely hose people down and, like, destroy their cell phones and shit, all you do is just press this one button in there, and it does that to the next car. <laughs> now... Oh, that is amazing. Why would they give that power to minimum wage idiots? All right? Like, maybe. Maybe if you're like, oh, I'm in charge of things, and I'm a manager, and I sit up here, and that's what I do. Okay, sure. But if you're like, I'm a teenager, and I'm getting paid like $8 an hour, oh man, there's a boat coming up, and I think fuck these people, so boop. Oh, literally, if you got assigned, I think it was Tower 2, if you got assigned to go sit Tower 2, then... There's radios and phones between everybody who works the thing. So the people who were working on the deck, the loading deck, would be like, oh, I just put my teacher in this one. I'm going to go call a guy. I'm going to go call Tower 2. <laughs> and then they'd call you and they'd be like, hey, when Boat 46 comes through, hit him. I mean, that's literally, the, that was the only source of fun we had when working this stupid <laughs> ride. It, 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 I, I'm, I'm sure by now they've taken it out because that is the stupidest thing to leave in the hands of teenagers. Uh, oh, my God. That's the kind of thing where I... I can't imagine that they would take it out just because it's the only thing that keeps you with some level of joy in your life. Right. Like, that's how you maintain your employees. I just want to know what the point of it is. Like, okay, why would you ever have a system in place where you want to just completely destroy every every piece of electronic equipment in one boat? It's like, is it for, like, when the president gets on there and you're like, oh, the president has requested an extra dousing? Send some Secret Service guys to Tower 2 so that they can... They One can, extra dousing, please. We can get them good. There you go. That's what the president wants. <laughs> I mean, uh, I just didn't... I, I, it was like a testing thing or something? I don't know. Anyway, that... What the hell are we talking about? Uh... Hakaider? <laughs> right, Hakaider! <laughs> okay, so it looked like he was in a ride. And, and, and there's some voiceover of uh, this, these two guys talking and... And one of them was like, yeah, I've worked here for years, and I never knew there was a secret passage. Yeah. Also, I heard it from the guy who's in charge, so you know it must be true. There's treasure here. I heard it was a secret cachet. Yeah. And so, <laughs> when we're we're saying this, uh, know that this film is entirely not in English normally. We have a dub version, so not subtitled. Someone has dubbed over, and it's amazing. Yeah, it's it's funny because you can tell whoever read it was still reading a script directly because there's a few words that uh don't make sense even <laughs> even in the dub. Uh one, at one point someone accuses someone else of stolen of stolting all their stuff. <laughs> yeah, our stuff was stolen. What? Oh, what? <laughs> oh, I just read that off the page. You're not paying me enough to edit your work, Terry. <laughs> Sorry, one cut. It's all you get. <laughs> One take. Here we go. I'm not watching this movie again, Bill. If I said stolen, it's stolen. <laughs> it's in. <laughs> God. All right. So yeah, it, but and a lot of it is ADR in specifically because this whole conversation about treasure, no one is on screen during this. No. It's, a lot of this movie is filmed in Sam Raimi demon cam. So when there's a slow crawl of Sam Raimi demon cam down this hallway, there's like two guys talking about treasure. And then they open a big door, and there's a man in there, and he's covered in heavy chains. They're like, what is this bullshit? Oh, no. One of them calls him the leader, 
Yeah, because apparently they they imply that this was the leader of the rebels before the end of the war. So they're like, oh, this is the leader from the rebels. Oh, oh no. Shoot He's him. still alive. How is this possible? He's been down here for 50 years. Shoot him. Shoot him. And so they start shooting at him, and then a bunch of confusing cuts happen, in which case he punches the top half of one of their faces off. Yeah, no, this is the first scene where we get the I'm bulletproof, and then he beats the shit out of people. Yeah, so a lot of... They they all unload all of their weapons into him forever, and he sits there. And then I I guess he gets up and starts killing them. Yeah. He's like, well, I've had enough of taking bullets, so time to die. My favorite one is when he pushes one guy to the ground, and then it suggests that he's going to punch their head, and then it cuts to a black screen with a blood splash effect on it that is clearly like... The sort of thing you would have a mouse icon do, huh. like when you're point, like you're playing some sort of Diablo game and you click the mouse and it changes your blood drop to a blood splash. That's the kind of image it shows really quick. Huh. But anyway, th- then it cuts to what you know, like clearly a shot from a comic book, which is him standing smoking over the wreckage of these these people he just killed. And he's like, "Yeah, it's time to go find my chained up motorcycle." <laughs> yeah, because they have chained down his motorcycle in addition to chaining down him. I love that that they were like, "Oh man." He's, he's too powerful to let exist, and we should probably chain up his bike, too. <laughs> his evil bike probably needs some chains as well. I mean, I, I also, like let's they... not... It, like, even if I, I go ahead and say he was too powerful to destroy, both him and his bike were too beautiful for this world and could not be destroyed, why would you leave his bike there? Yeah, put it in a separate location. Drop it in the ocean. I mean, he's literally on the ocean. It's it, the big castle is right that is on a cliff overlooking the water. Just put his bike in the water. <laughs> What's he gonna do about that? He'll just get grumpy and stoic. Yeah, he's not gonna know where his bike is. Yeah, but no, he has to have a bike so that he can ride like a badass in the town. And then we get the opening, the uh, logo of the film played out as he tears the chains off his bike, which it's like he's tearing paper chains made by kindergartners off his bike. <laughs> Which he was. Thank you, Mrs. Smith's kindergarten class, for your lovely paper chains. Little Christmas chains. They were just all red and green. It was so cute. Each link had a different thing that they were thankful for this Christmas season. (laughs) And then he just cruelly tears them off his bike like an asshole. What a jerk. Yeah, and then he cuts to him riding down a big freeway somewhere, and he's dragging some chains on the asphalt, and that's... Now, he's he's shown with, like, regular human guy face and arms. And shoulder pads and stuff. Like, he has a regular leather guy outfit. Well, no, I mean, like, skin. Oh, yeah, he's shown to have, like, I have a human face and arms. Like, yeah, skin showing. And then he has, at one point, like, a transformation sequence where he's like, ah, yes, I I need to have my electro bits cover up my human bits. Even though, as mentioned earlier, he gets shot in his human bit head, doesn't give a fuck. That actually just triggers his transformation sequence. He's he gets, like, oh, oh, well, hold on, I gotta, I gotta put the shield up. And I, his transformation sequence is insane. I thought for a second they were cutting to commercial. Because, <laughs> because well, the screen shatters and yeah. it kind of goes to black for a bit, and you're like, oh, commercial break. Yeah. It's time for commercials, and literally the screen shatters and falls apart. That's the the intro of his of his uh, transformation sequence. And then it cuts to him, like, putting red tubes all over his hands and face. It's one of those shots where they normally have, like, wires all over you, and they pull them away, and then they'll do a reverse shot so it looks like wires are covering you. Right. And to me, that, that's always re- super triggering to me because of Superman 3. Which, as is... <laughs> okay, trigger warning for anyone who has watched Superman 3. Uh, it, yeah. It, this is a personal issue for me. I'm sure 
I'm alone in this, but I watched Superman 3 too young, so I didn't notice that it was a piece of shit starring Richard Pryor slumming it, and instead I just was scared to death of the sister of the main bad guy getting forcibly turned into a robot by a giant machine. Yeah. That part is the only scary part and the only relevant part of Superman 3, and it's terrifying as shit. <laughs> so for me, anytime I see someone being turned into a robot anymore, I'm always like, ugh, every time. Yeah. It's deep. It's deep-rooted. Yeah. It's deep down in there. Same thing as I'm scared of dogs coming out of statues because of Ghostbusters. <laughs> Luckily, that one doesn't come up very often. Yeah, well, I mean, it's the same thing. Like, I'm scared of lady truckers because of Large Marge from <laughs> Pee-wee's Big Adventure. You know what's weird is I saw Large Marge the same, around the same era as when I saw Ghostbusters. Didn't get me at all. I was like, oh, that's awesome. I remember that as a kid going, that is so cool. She's like a claymation ghost monster. Whereas I was like, whoa, nope. Yeah. Fuck this. Well, for me, when Ghostbusters came on in theaters and those two dogs cracked their way out of the statues of those two dogs, I climbed into the seat or, or the lap of the person sitting behind me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So that explains why you keep doing that whenever we go see things in theaters. You just climb into the lap of the person behind us. It's also why I make you sit behind me. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's okay. Set up it's punchline. Okay. Shh, they're there. <laughs> No more tears. Oh yeah, I mean, for I, I have I had nightmares for years about those dogs and about the robot lady, and then also about the three dudes whose faces melt in funny ways at the end of, end of Raiders. Huh. In fact, that one I didn't see again until I was like fifteen or sixteen years old, and when I saw it, I was like, "Holy shit, my nightmares! <laughs> <laughs> this is where they came from." Huh? Uh, I'm trying to think if there was anything else as a kid. I think it was like uh, I saw House. Mm-hmm. Like, there's the, the horror movie House. Oh, I thought you were House MD. House MD. I saw House and He was so mean to I his saw patients. Hugh Laurie one time when I was a kid. Huge jerk. I saw a bit of Fry Laurie and it just, just <laughs> scarred me for life. Ruined. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I saw House and in that, there's a sequence where, like, his wife, he imagine she turns into a big monster thing mm. and that monster thing is ridiculous looking if you watch it nowadays mm. but as a kid i was like oh shit yeah uh, i remember doing that for the ring like stopping the the, the stupid opening the door and there's a zombie in there or like dead body in there sequence yeah that's the scariest part of the ring and really 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 well done oh yeah until you freeze frame it and then no. you're like you're like oh no oh, that doesn't look just... No, it is it is one of the best jump scares in a film. Yeah, far and away. Although, to be fair, the scariest part of the ring is the horse suicide. Oh, that is not even close to anything that I care about in that film. Like, other people who are like, oh, that was scary. I'm like, why? It was a horse and it was dumb. Hmm. A horse tripped. That's Horses kill themselves all the time. That's true. Horses are huge idiots. Horses are the dumbest, meanest idiots, and it's so glad that we phased them out and replaced them with cars. <laughs> yeah, because poor Petey looked at ants and died. <laughs> oh, my horse touched a green plant. Oh, so much for him. Oh, he saw his own shadow and freaked out and <laughs> fell down and had a heart attack. Oh, no, there was a little bit of his own hair in his food and his heart exploded. <laughs> horses! It's good that there's cars. <laughs> Fucking horses. Hakiter. <laughs> uh, Hakiter. Uh, we have to stay on topic. Fuck that. <laughs> Let's review a different movie. I'm going to review The Ring now. I don't care. <laughs> Fuck you. All right, so, okay. He's riding along and he Hakiter sto- stops at... Uh, a guy who wants to take a ticket from him, he was like, oh, you're about to enter Jesus Town. <laughs> which is the only good thing about this movie, is that their main megalopolis, which is a dystopian future. A one-story dystopian future, by the way. Like, the wall is not all that high. <laughs> no, but it's it's Jesus Town. It's called Jesus Town, and there's an old 
uh, Wilford Brimley-looking guy who's, like, guarding the gate. Hey, like, can't go in there. Hey, That's Jesus Town. Jesus Town. And then he just ignores him, touches a toy he has, and then rides through, like, two wireframe things that shoot him with lightning? Which do nothing? Nothing. I don't, I don't get... They like, shoot him with some lightning, and then nothing, because he's, in, he's invincible, and it's not that interesting to watch him. Yeah. That's... The main issue with this is every time something happens to him, I just don't care, because the movie spends all of its time going, oh, whatever. Oh, yeah, he's an invincible badass, so we're going to show you them unloading machine guns into him, and I guess you're supposed to find that super cool. Yeah, it's just, there's zero tension. There's no tension in this film at all, because anytime time fights someone, it's just, what are you doing? I'm beating the shit out of these nameless, faceless chuds. I stand here till they're done, and then I swing a shotgun at them. Maybe I will use my shotgun that has bullets that do magic whatever I want them to. Oh, yeah, his shotgun bullets are ridiculous. He used... Going up to the gate, when he finally gets past his electro-zappy things and he's headed towards town... Yeah. He shoots the, like, actual main wall, huge, like, concrete and steel uh, wall... Yeah, the super with, door. Like, they're, they're big, oh, no, he's coming, close the door. He just shoots it with a shotgun. And it explodes. Blows. From like a mile away too, because we have to have we have to follow a CGI bullet as oh, it flies well, its way yes, over. Of course to we do. Yeah. It's a little spinny it, spiral football nerf looking it bullet. shape while it's flying, which you know, some bullets actually do that, whatever, but it's really boring to watch this. And then it just blows the wall out. Which, you know, uh, you know, I, I guess it's supposed to look badass, but the thing is this guy just kept surviving tank shells being shot at him by that same wall. So really it just feels like it's unfair. It's like it's like when you're trying to play pretend fight with your brother. And, and you know, he's like, he's like, I'm Superman. You're like, whatever, I'm fucking mega Superman and your shit does nothing. <laughs> also, I'm the good guy. It's like, cool, okay, but there's no tension. I don't give a shit. Yeah, no, it's... And again, we see later his, uh, his fucking, his bullets mm. for his shotgun. And they are literally just shotgun shells. Yeah. That CGI bullet that he shoots looks like a spiral Nerf football. Yeah, it's like a little missile. Yeah. And... I was thinking, oh, okay, that's rad. He's got, like, a little missile launcher thing in his gun. That's fine. It looks like a shotgun, but it shoots these cool things. But no, it is a literal just shotgun. Anyway, then he rides into town, and we cut to a scared guy in half a fishing vest who <laughs> who is running from whatever. In the dark future, there can only be one half of a fishing vest. Our inflation has become terrible. He's wearing like a nice white business outfit and then half a fishing vest held on with straps and a scarf because everyone in this movie is wearing a nice kicky <laughs> scarf. And uh, and so we see um, him running and then we see a lot of Sam Raimi demon cam representing this guy running around. Oh, it's, uh, we gotta go find this guy. Oh, yeah, and it's like cuts into three shots of the same frame at once so it's it's supposed to be like drunk running or super scared running or something i don't know it's just confusing and then the it honestly kept feeling like oh this guy's gonna get possessed and fight bruce campbell at some point yeah but instead he falls down up in a the upstairs of a warehouse where uh a bunch of soldiers start shooting bullets into the room and then also tear gas my favorite thing is there's no point where we know that they have some way to track him and we see him get into some random building and, like, hide. And then after he has run into a building, run up a building, sat down in some random floor of said building, and gotten his breath, 
Then soldiers, like, come around a corner to where that building is and begin firing on the exact level where he is. Right. Well, they, they probably have super tech or whatever. They all yeah, wearing... but there's there's no thing where they're like, oh, I yeah, infrared, I see where he's at. It's just, no. I came around a corner and everyone in, like, synchronicity is like, that's where I need to shoot. Yeah. And then he gets scared of the tear gas, so he pulls a tiny gun out and holds it up to his own head when some Sam Raimi demon cam comes flying into the room and knocks the gun out of his hand. And then the demon cam reattaches itself to the foot of a robot. And that robot was Michael. Michael, the angel robot, who's the kind of the bad guy robot in this movie. And he comes stomping in all slow because he's in a robot costume. And he's like, hey, all life is precious. Do not abort babies. Do not kill yourself. You aren't allowed to kill yourself. Take him away, faceless soldier boys. I like, you aren't allowed to kill yourself. I mean, our soldiers were shooting at you, but you can't kill yourself. No, our soldiers can kill you. I mean, that that, that might happen. Anyway, he gets taken away, and then we cut to a, a gang of... Well, we get the the explanation of the boss first. Oh, right, yeah, Because we get yeah. to see our CEO in charge of Jesus Town. Oh, who's like a kind of a poor man Sephiroth sort Oh, of I, he is 100% Japanese villain guy, because he's like, yeah. hey, I'm a, like... Super pretty, one-winged... Yeah, he's got one wing. Uh, really, he's wearing like a backpack that gives him one wing. And then he's got... Uh, and, and we're not... He's not a robot. Let's no, just get that he's, clear. He's a super, like, quiet... I'm doing this for the betterment of all people. And I believe in beauty and I got a strong light, late Michael Jackson vibe out of this guy. Did, did you get Kinda. that? Because he's wearing an all-white outfit. He's... I'm talking like this, and the important thing is that flowers are beautiful. You're ignorant. No. That's what you were getting out of this guy. Yeah, and... Okay. I'll say this. At least he was like, yeah, this whole society is... I want beautiful and, uh, like, rare things to be able to flourish. Look at this flower. It's weak. Without our protection, it wouldn't be able to grow. And I'm like, okay... At least you've got a villain that has their own ideas and isn't just like, Bwa-ha-ha, I am leader of Jesus Town. He's all, look at this flower. Isn't it neat? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. It is. Thanks. Okay, that's all I needed to hear. <laughs> Alright. And anyway, he's in there talking to Michael the robot about how he's taken over this town and made it better. And he's like, you, Michael, you need to be my man on the ground making things happen. And he's like, yeah, sure. He's like, hey, look at... Look at all these guys that I'm lobotomizing. Isn't right. that the best? And that's his deal. He, his, the whole deal of Jesus Town, the big secret reveal, is that they catch criminals and sort of lobotomize them by putting a chip in their brain that makes them stupid. Which, it's this whole thing where it's supposed to be like, oh yeah, if you're a dissident and they don't think they can control you and you won't go along with the rest of the people, they'll drill into your brain and put a chip in there. And then the chip will make it so that you don't disobey them. And I go, yeah, but when we see them again, they're all just, like, drooling on themselves and, like, uh, playing with toys. Right. Like, no, you just lobotomized them. Yeah, that's all it did. It just it just made them into useless things. It, like, you didn't need to put a chip in there. You could have just stabbed their brain. You could have just killed them and it would have been fine. Because they're not going to produce anything for society anymore. No, they're not workers anymore. But no, because this is Jesus Town, all life is sacred. Right. So it's okay to degrade life, just not to get rid of it. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, I can see that as a modern-day Christian philosophy. Yeah, we don't want you to die. We just, you know, don't care what you do otherwise. Yeah. 
Well, it's not like you're going to do anything immoral if you're too stupid to play with blocks. Yeah. Exactly. I would love it if they just kept panning across those guys and every single one of them was whacking off. <laughs> That's all I wanted out of this movie was one jerk-off scene. Come just, on, Hakiter. Like, how come every time I lobotomize these guys, all they do is whack off? I don't understand. I'm trying to make them more Christian-y, but they just keep whacking off. Why are they jerking it? <laughs> oh, no. Michael the robot, make them stop. Oh, Michael, why are you jerking it? You have programmed me with the capacity for jerking it. <laughs> you find a turtle. It's flipped over, and it can't right itself. But you're not helping. You're jerking off. Why is that? <laughs> you find a turtle. It's flipped over and can't right itself. It doesn't want to, because it's jerking off. <laughs> Robot turtle. <laughs> oh, man. What the hell are we talking about? Okay, so anyway. Okay, so. He lobotomizes. Hakiter. Oh, yeah, Hakiter. <laughs> Thanks. Then we cut to some gang, and it's a gang, it's a surprisingly multicultural gang for a Japanese movie from the 90s. Oh, I'm really astonished that they managed to have not only a white guy, but a black guy, too. And a backup white guy. They had a backup white man. And... A, a uh, some kind of Arabic-looking guy, some kind of Middle Eastern guy. It was crazy. Their group, I was like, holy shit, you're more diverse than most American films. Yeah. It even, I think at one point it even passed the Bechdel test because two of the gang members were making fun of each other for wanting to live in a castle <laughs> instead of talking about a man. Hooray. Yeah, we had two ladies. We had protagonist lady who's like, I have dreams. I have a dream of a knight saving me from... A chupacabra you get in Tijuana. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, okay, her dream sequence is her dressed up as a Halloween fairy from, like, 1998. Oh, yeah. Like no, the, these these are the kind of, like, wireframe and nylon spray-painted fairy wings. Yeah, so she, she's kind of dressed like Drew Barrymore in that, in that uh, Ever After. Thank you, that Ever yeah. After movie. There you go. And she's tied to a tree in the desert, and all of a sudden, a four-winged death angel pops up out of the dirt, and it really does look like a, a budget chupacabra you'd make by drying out a stingray. And it, <laughs> and it just pops up and goes... And then it explodes or something. Into feathers. Into feathers, which is a recurring theme in this movie. Yeah, things blow up into feathers a lot. Feathers or red tubes. And <laughs> Tubes and feathers all the way down. Uh, it's just tubes and feathers that make up the backbone of post-apocalyptic society. Here in Jesus Town, our number one export is tubes and feathers. We work hard to make strong Jesus Town tubes. In Jesus Town, we believe in a strong work ethic and a strong tube. <laughs> Come to Jesus Town. Dry the tubes. Stay for the feathers. Jesus Town, local 404. <laughs> Hi, I'm an effeminate weirdo. Vote for me for leader of Jesus Town. I'll put in so many more tubes, it's crazy. I'll fill those tubes with feathers, like our forefathers wanted. I've only got one wing, because the other wing, I dedicated as feathers to the town. Uh, so this, this group, this fucking group of ragtag individuals rob a truck, rob some truck as they wait outside a factory that I... I don't know what's going on, but they they shoot up some guards around a truck. They grab some things. Yeah, and if you were worried that any of their dialogue was going to be anything other than hurry or go, go, go. Also, okay, I'd like to mention that not only is the dialogue subbed in, all of the sound effects are too. Oh, yeah. So every time, like, they're running around 
this truck trying to get stuff. And the Foley artist went a little crazy with the sound of boots hitting concrete, such that even when everyone has stopped moving, you it still sounds like 20 people running around. So it's just... Yeah. I assume it's because they didn't have master vocal and, and sound effect tracks when they got their, their hands on the original print of this movie, so they had to replace everything. Yeah, and everything, like, oh, I'm going to pour a drink. But it's really loud because we had to add in the like blub 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 blub. Yeah, I think my favorite part though is just the the guys exploring the to- the tomb at the very beginning of the film because there's a whole sequence where they don't say anything to each other except uttering grunts. So uh, so there's like a five minute part where there's like. Rag find fire, fire burn. That's that's what you. So yeah, okay. So these people rob a truck, and then they get caught in the middle of a giant motorcycle fight between Hakider and the ubiquitous and, white helmet soldier bullet men. Yeah, and the the stormtrooper guys look. They've got like three eyes on their helmet. Yeah, they look like they really do look like up armored putties because they're all wearing white and they're all wearing like like jumpsuits. But then they someone stuck some armor on them, and I I can't really tell. Whether these are humans or not. I'm telling you, man, they're robots. I know I'm one telling of them, you they're humans. I know one of them squirts red stuff, but everything in town is tubes full of red stuff. That's what town is. <laughs> uh, the So, they're leaving with their ill-gotten gains when they run across Hakider and these guys fighting. Mm-hmm. And they just sit there and watch. Well, why would you get involved? I mean, it's, it's 30-odd soldiers unloading machine guns into one guy who stands there and then punches them. And I love... That after a while, they start trying to think outside the box. Like, oh yeah, they're, they're sitting there unloading just gun after gun into Hakider. And he's like, don't care, fucking everyone up, killing everybody. And finally, one guy jumps on his motorcycle and he's like, wait, I got this. Drives at him, doesn't ram him, just sort of lightly jumps off of it onto him. And I'm like, wow, man, way to go. Bullets didn't work. Maybe driving five miles an hour and jumping at a guy will do it. Yeah, he jumps it with the speed and angle of attack of, like, an excited dog that hasn't seen you in a while. <laughs> you just see him kind of going, oh, down, Towser, no. No, no, no. No, no. down. Does oh. someone call him? <laughs> sit, sit. <laughs> He's just so excited to see him. Hakaide! <laughs> you were gone all day. I barked at so many mailmen. <laughs> I thought you were gone forever. <laughs> That's what you get from this. <laughs> also, one of them rides out in front of Hakaider when he's on his motorcycle and tries dropping grenades on Hakaider so that we can learn that Hakaider is also fully grenade-proof. Yeah, he's bulletproof, he's grenade-proof. Then a big truck with a huge tank gun shows up, finally does something, like it shoots him, and his shoulder gets lightly damaged. Yeah, he gets some light damage to the shoulder. Probably would have done a little more if the guy shooting the giant tank cannon hadn't actually just hit boxes next to Hakider, and then the shockwave knocked him over. Anyway, he takes about, I want to say, four minutes of awkward standing there to finally stand up again. And the moment he does, even though there's a huge amount of guys with machine guns emptying fire into him, all he does is use his super invincible whatever shotgun to blow the, ta- the tank off, or the cannon off the tank. Also... Apparently, they only had one shell for this gun, because it shoots once. Yeah. Then he blows it up, and then he kills all those guards, too, and then he goes running off with the gang. Yeah, the gang is like, hey, you just murdered everyone. You want to come with us, or you look fucked. We can help repair you. Yeah, you look 
real, real messed up, man. You want to... You want to hang out for a bit? Take a nap? Yep, yep. You want a Coke? So they take him down to their secret lair. We cut back very briefly to the... the Do we ever get that bad guy's name? Uh, I don't remember hearing it. Yeah, like, just... I know that Michael was the name of his robot lieutenant guy, and then he was just the leader of Jesus Town. Yeah, I'm just going to call him Sephiroth. So, so they... So, <laughs> so XX Sephiroth 69420 Blaze at XX. Yeah, so that guy... That guy is up in his, his room explaining to Michael who Hakaider is, and he's just like, oh yeah, that's a different robot I built before I built you, Michael, but he went too crazy, so we had to get rid of him during a big uprising. Anyway, your job's to kill him. You have to promise me you'll kill him. I will kill him. I am superior to him in every way. Beep boop. <laughs> Incidentally, your bagel is done. <laughs> So we get that conversation, and then we cut on back down to uh, the gang members who are all angry that there's a robot in their warehouse. Well, they're... Okay, it, from what I can tell, their big plan was I think they stole from the truck plates to do counterfeiting. Mm -hmm. So they end up with a big fat pile of counterfeit money, and they're like, I'm going to use this to fucking buy some dumb shit. I'm going to use this to go out of town. I'm going to do whatever. We could be rich. And then the one girl who's like... The main character girl is mad at them because that's not what the money was for. It was for the revolution. Yeah, she's like, oh, we should be using this to help fight against the evil government. And then fucking immediately after that, though, she's like, also, I want to buy a castle. <laughs> and I'm like, um, maybe, maybe you shouldn't reprimand the other people for their goals when you're like, we should overthrow the government. Also, I want to castle and be a pretty princess. Yeah, because everything she does is dream about being a pretty princess, so. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Hakaider, as a human, wakes up. And, and he's like, oh, my robot hand's all robot. Yeah. And then steam comes out. Nope, human hand. Yeah, he has steam vents that blast human flesh back onto his broken face parts and hand parts. Yeah, it's like he's got that hair in a can thing where he just sprays himself and he's like, ah, flesh. Yeah, and then uh, the girl offers him... Uh, oh God! They say her, they said her name a couple of times, Karsu or something like that. I don't know. Uh, anyway, they they uh, or Kansu, I think. Anyway, she offers him coffee and a piece of bread, and then the one of the two white guys from the team is like, "Don't give food to a robot! Ha ha ha! That is dumb! Don't you know robots don't have that?" And then he just takes it, it takes a bite of bread and a drink, and is like, "Okay." The whole time, angrily staring at the white guy who just said that. Yeah, like, like he's like, just proving a point. Oh. Oh, oh, fuck you, buddy. Oh, oh, you think I can't eat bread? Oh, it's on, sucker. <laughs> oh, gears. Bread in gears. No, no. <laughs> I had a point to prove. <laughs> he just breaks. There's steam coming out of him. His one weakness was sourdough. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, he just angrily takes a bite of bread and a sip of coffee while staring daggers at this one white dude. And then, and then, just gives the shit back to a car sewer or whatever, and is like, here, this is your bread and coffee, get this away go. from me. I only needed one bite and a sip, I'm my, good now, I've proven my point. My, my point. mighty robot innards require very little bread, but so much jerky, get me jerky. <laughs> so, he gets pissed off at them, and is like, ah, uh, you're supposed to be resistance fighters, and you are as greedy as the government, I will stop you. And then, fucking one guy gets a gun out, and he's like, I know I've just watched, like, a 20-minute sequence where people unloaded every gun in existence on you, but I'm gonna take this one rifle and point it at you and be like, Nah, man, I'll stop you. Like, as if I think this will work. Right, and it doesn't matter because then they get ambushed by the white 
three-eyed soldier helmet robots, and all of them except for two are killed immediately. And one of their shots manages to blow uh, Hakaider straight out of that scene and into a different one. Which, again, at least they were thorough. They're like, all right, we shot him a bunch. We hit him with a rocket. When he fl- the rocket knocked him out of the building into a giant pile of rubble, then we shot the rubble with another rocket. Yeah. I'm like, good. Good minions. You actually were like, okay, you know what? We hit him with a rocket, and that might have worked, but I'm going to hit him with another one just in case. And I like the next sequence because it's the uh, the girl and what the other survivor come running into the building, and she's standing behind all these soldiers with an Uzi. And then they just turn and walk past her, and at one point she goes, Hey! And then bullets just come out of nowhere and hit her and the other guy, and they both fall to the ground. Like, you don't even see them bother with shooting her. It's, like, nice to finally see that... There's a couple moments in this movie that are like, Oh, that's kind of cool. And I like this one in that it shows that these robot men aren't just hyper-incompetent. They just are that when they are fighting Hakaider. Yeah, it was just, oh, there's a couple dumb idiots here. Okay, we were here for Hakaider. There happened to be some weird, dumb dissidents down here that we didn't care about. Yeah. Okay, we're leaving. We'll and then kill them in passing. And then they're like, hey, you forgot to kill us. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. And I love that because she stands up and just yells hey at them again. And they all turn around to watch her monologue for a second. But her monologue is nothing. It's just her saying, you killed them. Yeah, yeah, we did. We yes, sure, that, that's yeah. correct. That's why we are here. They're dead now! Okay, yes, that mission accomplished. Hang the banner. They're dead because you killed them! Y- okay, yes, we have established this. You're the bad guys! Well... <laughs> that's that's all that happens. And then I guess she stumbles down onto the street and starts trying to tell everyone in town what just happened, but instead she collapses into the arms of Hakaider. Who- and she's having... Crazy, weird, I'm dying fever dreams. Right, and this is the weirdest part of this movie. All of a sudden, she's telling him about this oasis that she knows about, and then they're in it, and it's like there's a giant Greek statue in the background and a waterfall, and they're in the desert, but there's plants in a river, and she's just going on about the water purity and how it's the only place in town she can be alone. Oh, God, and I thought this entire thing, to begin with, was a dream sequence, which it eventually turned into, because... Again, he eventually, like, turns into the knight-on-a-horse version of himself, and she's back to being, looking like a wedding cake, and... Then they get on a horse and go riding on a beach together. That whole sequence, after from the point that they uh, arrive in fairy, weird, oasis place that they're in, it's it, it looks like the background of an Asian karaoke place, like, TV screen. Yeah, it's just weird, just disconnected Sunset scenes. riding. Yeah, it's just that sort of stuff. And I... Apparently, he actually was at some oasis, which... What? Yeah. How the fuck did you... You were in the middle of Jesus Town. Uh, apparently, he took her out of Jesus Town and drove her down the highway to the desert so she could die in a nice spot. Which, she was dying. I don't... Did she, like... Okay, you know, it's just about another half mile. You're gonna take a right. Okay, good. Good. Yeah. All right. I, I don't... I've, we have no idea what happens here. Anyway, he takes her bell, because that was... The bell was, like, the, the thing that about her that reminded her of her dreams of him. Yeah, like, she's got what looks like a key ring with a little jingle bell on it. Right, and then he takes that and goes to go fight the two bad guys. And yeah, now he's super angry that this woman that he met for, like, 20 seconds is dead. And literally never talked to. Yeah, good. Ah, oh, but she gave me bread. I will never forget this kindness of bread. One of the weirdest things about this movie is every single one of Mechanical Violator Hakaider's lines is delivered when he has his helmet on. We never see the human form of him talk, ever. Uh, all we ever see is lines coming out of an expressionless mask. Yeah, which 
okay, that's fine. If that's the uh, design decision you want to go with, you're like, no, we want to push the whole weird inhuman angle, even if he looks human. Yeah, and then his replacement, the robot Michael, has an articulated mouth built into his helmet that he doesn't use. When he talks, his mouth just sits there. So it's like, what's that for? Well, I mean, it's the same thing like when you see any of those in the Japanese, uh, either in anime or in the live-action shows. You're just like, yeah, that guy has a mouth. Of course it doesn't move. It's just painted onto whatever mask he has. This guy literally, you can see the difference in the lines. Like, someone built a second jaw part just for his mouth. I assume it's so he can eat his daily allotment of robo-bread. Yeah, that one bite of robo-bread he needs. Yeah, he needs to, us to give him, uh, give him this day his daily robo-bread. Yeah. Yeah, because it's Jesus Town. Yeah, he needs you to take all of this and eat. It is his robo-bread. <laughs> oh, Jesus analogs. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, he's an analog Jesus. Ah, <laughs> ah, robots. He's a 21st century analog Jesus. <laughs> All okay. right. Uh, Hakaider comes riding up to this big tow- uh, industrial tower building that the, the bad guy is in. And has the best magic bullet sequence yet, where he goes up to the building and is like, Hold on, let me use my super robo-vision. Okay, I can see through all of your walls. I can see through to where your, like, network hub is. Alright, good, good. I'm gonna shoot one bullet that will travel through your entire building. Change directions at one point so it can go up. And then hit a, like, network hub that is controlling certain things but not other things. Apparently where several of the stormtroopers are recharging themselves and then it blows up and... They all, Blows them up? Yeah, they all get a bad case of the sparks and fall down. And then a bunch of them that aren't plugged in anything also get a bad case of the head sparks and fall down. <laughs> Which I don't even understand. Because if they were humans and it was like power armor, okay, maybe if you were plugged in and it blew up, you couldn't move the power armor anymore because it wasn't powered. Sure. But if you're walking around in it, you're already walking around in powered armor, so that shouldn't be a problem. If you're a robot, then what happened that would even matter that he shot because the computer systems are still shown to be working. Well, also a lot of guards attack him when he goes in the building. So whatever this did, it only took out a few of them. Yeah, it's like he shot a button that was like, take out one third of soldiers. Yeah, doesn't make it. And then he goes inside and sure enough, a bunch more soldiers that did not fall down when he shot the bullet in there all just unload bullets into him and then he hits them all with the barrel of his shotgun. And he needs to let them know he is bulletproof. He Boy, is how so he, bulletproof. Is he bulletproof? He is more bulletproof than the film Bulletproof, about which I do not have a follow-up joke because I have not seen it. <laughs> Good. Great. Okay, yeah. And then I, I, eventually he makes his way upstairs. Oh, first he frees some kids who are set up to about to be lobotomized. Yeah. Then he gets up into the room where the angel guy has been hanging out and he fights the other robot. Yeah, we finally get the robot showdown that we have been promised since the beginning of this movie. Mm-hmm. And in a... <laughs> And a neat thing, not only are all of the robots and whatnot have little red tubes inside of them, the walls do as well. Yeah, this room is completely full of pillars and walls where when you punch them, this white plaster falls away and reveals red tubes underneath that spill out. It honestly just looks like I punched a pillar and inside were Twizzlers. Yeah, it really looks like that. It really looks like everything's full of Twizzlers and red vines. Yeah. Uh, but... But the neat effect of this is that whenever they show a wide shot of this robot fight, it gets increasingly red in this pure white room, and it looks like there's splashes of blood all over the place. Yeah, it's how you can have a more bloody, dramatic fight 
between two guys that are just robots. And it's it looks really neat. Like the the uh the room gets increasingly cool looking as these sort of geometric explosions of blood happen over all the walls and pillars. That's sort of cool to look at. Yeah. So that's there you go, movie. There's what we're probably gonna both say is our favorite part. Spilling it out early. Yeah, just flop it out there for everyone. <laughs> just flap it around. <laughs> Get it in the breeze. Anyway, it turns out that these two can shoot each other a little bit, but they also can punch each other with loud bell ringing noises. Now, Michael has his super secret special weapon, which is the ends of his fingers are Christmas light bulbs, and when they light up, boy howdy, can he grab you. Oh, he has two secret weapons. The other one is that the one wing cape thing he's wearing turns into a bladed super knife that he can fling at you when he's in the middle of a fight. Oh boy. So he has these two weapons, and the two of them are just sort of punching away at each other, and eventually uh, Michael gets the upper hand because of his glowy super hand and his knife wing blade backpack, Ugh. and manages to knock down uh, Hakaider to the ground, who starts reaching for his shotgun, only to have Michael take the shotgun away. And jerk it off a little. Yeah, he just sort of whacks it so that all the bullets fall out of it. I guess it's sort of a meaningful gesture of, haha, no bullets. Yeah, he's like, oh, I'm not going to shoot you with your own gun. I'm just going to get rid of all your bullets. Oh, now that I won't just keep this. Instead, I'll make a, a big extravagant show of taking the bullets out of it. Which is perfect for, for uh, Hokkaider, who's got another shotgun built into his arm that uses the same bullets. Yeah, so he just grabs a bullet, pops the gun out. Puts a bullet in there and shoots him with that. Knocks his arm off. Yeah, blows his arm off. And then he has a chest cannon. Because... Oh, we don't get to the chest cannon just yet. That's that's when he's fighting the super robot next scene. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so in this scene, all he does is walk Oh, up. he rips his head off. Yeah, he goes over and rips his head off in his wing backpack. He rips his head off. And then finally, the angel guy is revealed. Oh, boy. Here's CEO. And he has a couple of quick words like... Oh, join me and we'll make more pretty flowers and teach them to bloom. And Come it's on, our... you could join me and we could be all about stuff. We can rule Jesus Town together. I'll make you more powerful than you are. Right, and then I guess this has all just been a ruse because the the head of the Michael robot is then attached to an even bigger robot. Well, yeah, he, he basically has like a weird gold acorn thing that he pops open and has a button inside which i guess summons super robo yeah. which is it just looks like a like construction robot yeah, it looks like truckosaurus it's it's basically it looks like those arms that you use in like uh like factories for cars oh yeah or like just giant versions of the claw machine claws from like an, an, an arcade yeah and yeah. it's just like i'm gonna break through the wall and grab you here you go first he's i'm gonna attach the head from michael robot to my head just so that it's Michael, there's also this other giant robot. And then this thing just pops out and kind of flails around, and it's too big for them to do it as a, a as a physical human costume. So this whole scene is done in stop motion. Yeah, we get, they've made one thing, which is the grabby arm, which they can actually show as a real thing. Yeah. But the actual robot is just some stop motion shit, because they couldn't make something that big. Also, this whole scene takes place in a completely different dark room. Yeah. We have no idea where they are. Right next to the CEO's main room was... Well, a like room a, where the only thing that existed was this robot, apparently. He just had a giant garage next door for this giant weird robot. Any, anyway, the two of them fight for a while, and then, finally, after getting beat up a bunch by this giant robot, Hakaida reveals that he's immune to giant robots, too, because he's got a Giver cannon in his chest. Which, it's, if you are a big robot guy, and you are fighting, you have a, you have a chest cannon. You have to. Yeah. If you're a Giver or Iron Man, or anyone else, you're some robot guy, you have a chest cannon, but you only get to use it 
in the most dire of circumstances. Right, so he shoots a giant laser at this thing, and I guess it causes that floor of the building to blow out, because there's a massive explosion, but then it cuts to him stomping back into the room where the angel guy is. Yep. He's like, oh, excuse me, I was just downstairs for a second kicking the ass of your giant robot. I'm back, I'm back. By the way, I blew out the floor below us. Sorry about that. That's uh, that's on me. You can send me a bill if you want, I guess. I, you know, things happen. I, I'll have to check and see if I have insurance for that. <laughs> anyway, he comes back in, and the the angel guy takes six shots at him with a giant pistol, and then goes, well, go ahead and kill me then. And he... <laughs> He gives us the, you're not worth killing. What the fuck? You have spent this entire movie, Hakaider, killing everyone. Yeah. Everyone you meet, you're like, oh, I'm going to crush this guy, I'm going to destroy that guy. He threatened to kill his allies for being too much like the government. And then he finally gets to Mr. Government, the man in charge of Jesus Town. He's like, eh. Uh, you're not worth killing. Really? Because it doesn't seem like you took power away from him either. It seems like the moment you walk out of the building, he's just going to start building another Michael robot and reinstate his lobotomize everyone policy. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that's... Why are you doing that? I <sighs> anyway, he does that, but that just causes uh, evil angel, Sefer not really, to grab a uh, machine gun and point it at Hakaider, and Hakaider responds by... <laughs> punching him into feathers. Punching him into feathers, but he does it from, like, across the room, so it's like he is... I, I guess he has super speed, which... We don't see any evidence of the super speed. Normally, he is very slow and clanky. Yeah, well, every time he goes anywhere, it's just... Ka-chunk, ka-chunk, ka-chunk. Let me do this for about a minute before I get to where I'm going. Ka-chunk. Yeah, but when he needs to, apparently, he could just teleport punch. Yeah, so he punches the evil angel dictator who <laughs> explodes into feathers. Good. Great. And then he rides off on his motorcycle, the end. Yay! Somewhere out there, Hakaider is riding around, waiting to give punches to evil angels. Something. I, I don't... Even, I don't even know. Oh, I do... I do. The couple lines he says that are great. Uh, there's one point where he's getting beaten by Michael the robot, and Michael pulls out a uh, an orchid that, that's in the room, because orchids are kind of the bad guy's theme. Oh, yeah. And, and he goes... He goes, I'll kill you. Or, it's Michael. So he's like, I will kill you and replay, fix this world with justice. And then, and then Hakaider says, do you know what I do to justice? I set it on fire with flames. Like this orchid. And then the orchid goes on fire. And you're like, are you the bad guy? Who's the bad guy here? Did you just say that you burn justice down? What is, like, what, what the fuck is going on here? I don't understand. Maybe he really is a broken robot. Yeah, like, is at the end of this is he just like oh and then Hakaider went on a rampage through Jesus Town murdering everyone because they did minor infractions so he's just like the ED two hundred nine it's like a movie starring ED two hundred nine yeah that's why I was saying he reminded me a lot of Judge Dredd and that he's just like I will murder anyone who is not in the law fuck you yeah man I love that Judge Dredd that new Judge Dredd movie so much though oh it's so good it is so it's so sad that there's no way it gets a sequel no. It's terrible that that's not happening. Because, like, the old Dread, the Sylvester Stallone Dread, hilariously bad. Yeah. New Dread, actually good. Really good. And it has those scenes. It has the scene of him, like, walking by that homeless guy and being like, you don't be here when I'm back. I'm oh, sorry, I'm doing it in a robot voice because yeah. I've got all Hakaider on the brain. But, but And he gets back and the guy's still there. He's like, ha, you're under arrest. Ha, <laughs> 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 Judge Dread. That's, that's my kind of humor. <laughs> I'm going to send that into humor in uniform. <laughs> Reader's Digest loves my Judge Dread jokes. 
Uh, so that was that was Hakiter. Let's let's see. So none of our predictions were particularly good, except for bullet proof. I'm which, still I'm still maintaining that you can't tell if he's a human or not. I so, think he's just a robot. I'm sure he's like t- it says that he was a robot that was built. Yeah, it's true. Whoever built him did a really good job of building him to have a human face and dreams about being a knight. Oh, he never dreamt that. That was all the chick. But then he rides out of one of those dreams. Yeah, because she died. Oh, so she was able to pull him into her super dream? or Well, no, she what? was just sitting next to him and imagining that he was this knight. Oh, okay, and I guess he was just sitting there waiting for her to die so we could leave? Yeah. What a nice guy he was to He's her. He's a very nice robot that was like, oh, you're having fever dreams. I'll just sit here until you're nice and dead. Tick-tock, I am bored. <laughs> <You're>... <laughs> yeah, that was my response to this movie. Your weak human frame is taking too long to die. Huh? Okay, let's and then go. He ahead. stabbed her in the side. <laughs> yeah, Jesus just to, analog. Just to finish it off a little bit, put a crown of thorns on her. <laughs> she does dream that she's in on Golgotha at one point. Yeah, and then he he for some reason uses his super magic sword, Black Knight sword, to set a bunch of crosses on fire. <laughs> oh yeah, because you know in this version Jesus is the bad guy. Yeah, weird movie. All right, John, what would you say? Oh, wait, you get to do this. Why don't yeah. you do it? Yeah, get the fuck out of here. Well, it's not Horrortoberfest anymore. Yeah, suck a dick. We're back to being a team. No, this ain't no team. This is me. This is all me. All right, well, then I'll run with it. I'll burn this like justice. <laughs> <laughs> with fire. With fire, that is flames. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so now we get to the best and the worst. Jeff Best. Oh, uh, definitely the use of red tubes as blood in the big fight scene. I already said it. I really liked it. I liked it. It, it was stylistically interesting. It let them put a bunch of crazy blood splashes and make that scene look comic booky, even though it's just two robots punching away at each other. Very smartly done. Uh, so yeah, that's my favorite. Yours? Uh, I'm gonna say I actually liked that the villain had a fairly decent motivation. Mm-hmm. Like when you're the, I mean, you only get him for like four or five minutes in this whole dumb movie. But what, every time you see him, he goes, I'm just, I'm trying to keep this town together. I want to have, like, all of the weak people be able to survive. Like, that's why I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. Because without order, they wouldn't be able to live. And I go, okay, I mean, you're obviously a villain, but at least you're not someone who's like, oh, I'm just in it for power. At least he's going, yeah, I'm in it to protect the weak. Right. I mean, granted, everything else he does is basically what Don Carnage would do. <laughs> so, do I hate that, Hakider? Send out more guards. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, Hakaider's coming around and just blowing everything up. Yeah. Plus, if, like I think, all of his soldiers are humans, he's very sad about Hakaider killing all these humans. Even if Michael ends up murdering one of them for no reason. Oh, yeah, for failure, basically. But again... He's like, hey, man, you didn't kill this unkillable robot. I'm going to fucking Three Stooges double poke your eyes out. With my hot knife hand. Yeah, my hot knife hand, and then you'll squirt blood all over me. Red tube juice. That was a robot. No, the tubes are never shown to leak. They're just red tubes. Well, there just doesn't. Have, there's no blood pumping through the building. That's why. I mean, those buildings. This building is dead. Yeah, long no, dead. That's building. what the shotgun did. <laughs> the shotgun turned off the the red tube valves. Oh, see, and oh, all the little stormtroopers are the white blood cells. Yeah, the of leukocytes the, of the building uh, of the, yeah. this building, which is an organism. Yeah. So all that happened was when he shot that his super shotgun at the super building, he knocked out the red tube juice hydraulics, and every single cherry Kool Aid dispenser on the building turned <laughs> off. So all those tubes were empty. Oh, that's a shame. I love cherry Kool Aid dispensers. <laughs> What's the best Kool Aid flavor, by the way? Best Kool Aid flavor? Well, ah. Uh... I mean, I prefer a good cherry. Like, if I'm just going to have some Kool-Aid, give me some cherry. 
You see, now I'm a, I'm a uh, green man. Now, uh, granted, I'm old enough to remember color changing Kool Aid. Oh yeah, no the purple the, source whatever Rex. the uh, the magician one was yeah. for a while. That was like it was apple or some shit, and it turned from blue to green. Right, yeah. Sharkleberry Finn. I remember all the good ones from the 80s when Kool-Aid had, like, cultural cachet. Oh, back when Kool-Aid could do anything they wanted and it didn't yeah. matter. But I'm just... I, I like a nice, old-fashioned green. I like a nice green Kool-Aid. Anyway... No flavor, just green. Just green. I like green paste. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh... That that was my favorite. The, mm-hmm. the worst thing in the film for you? Uh, let's see. Worst thing in the film is the scene... I, I walked off to my room to check something real quick during this scene... And I was worried I would miss something, but I could tell from the audio I didn't. Which is when the woman in the film is walking around saying, I hate them! They killed my ma- They killed us! They killed us! I hate them! And she's like staggering around saying that. And I think she says those that line like seven times in a row. Yeah. It just staggers around. And it's just, it, it's just nothing. It's just repeated nothing. So there's a lot of this movie that's just repeated stuff and scene filler. Oh yeah. No, my my least favorite thing in this is... All of the scenes where he just sits there and gets shot at. Because anytime that scene happens, it's the actual fight sequence is maybe like a minute and a half, two minutes long. And then about five minutes of him standing stoically being shot. Yeah. And it's so boring. This movie is already boring to begin with. Because an unstoppable robot guy who then murders people, I'm like, you'd think this would be more enjoyable, but no. Because the guys he's fighting don't do anything to him. And the people that he fights against, it's not like he's doing super cool, awesome stuff. It's just, no, I'll use my shotgun and some people will die. Maybe I'll, I don't know, step on a guy's head. But I'm not really into it. No, That's the problem, is he's not into it. When I look for... When, there's no stakes, and there's no feeling that anyone gives a fuck. And there's no badass martial arts. Normally, when you see a guy in Japanese-built armor... You know he's gonna do some cool martial arts. That's what you get from your Power Rangers, right? They do some flippy stuff before they get in the Zord. Yeah, but no, it's just I'm gonna I'm gonna punch you. You got you got punched. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's like they just took all the wrong lessons from Robocop. And by the way, just a second ago when you were saying when you watch a movie that has an indestructible robot that goes around murdering people, that's boring. I was like, no, that's not boring, as long as they're the bad guy. <laughs> like, for example, uh, Terminator is a great movie. Yeah. yeah. Indestructible robots stomping around killing people. Awesome movie. However, if that movie was just watching the Terminator stomp around murder, murdering people, eventually I'd be like, I don't care. There's no plot here. The plot is, this guy's a Terminator. Yeah. Like, that's the problem with this movie, is there's no plot. It's just, I'm, I'm gonna kill people. Okay? And, and then, nothing, that's it. I'm gonna ride off on a motorcycle because I'm the hero. We don't even get a background of, like, what the rebellion was, how this came to power, why anything is the way it is. I I don't mind that that stuff's not there, because I like this piece existing as sort of a weird... I don't really want the story of how Angel Guy came to power. I'm just happy knowing that he is. Well, the thing is, if you're not going to have a story that's in your current setting, Mm -hmm. at least tell me why your setting is that way. Because, again, there's no motivation as well. Because, I mean, you think about it, that's like one of the best parts of that uh, the, of the Mad Max movie that came out this year, was we don't get a long backstory on Immortan Joe. We don't get shit about that. Instead, no. he's just awesome, and he does awesome shit, and then he dies. Great. This guy, yeah. on the other hand, is boring, and he does boring shit, and then he dies. So, we... there you go. All right. Okay. So, that was us. Now, rating system, we each give rating 1 to 5. That gives us our rating out of 10. Jeff, your rating for Robo Man... 
mechanical violator hider but also he's Jesus Jesus robot what is happening what is your out of five rating a two it had some cool stylistic touches and you know I can't hate a movie that's got cool robots in it yeah I know robots are your thing robots and dinosaurs and airplanes are my three things those are your things which man. is which is why swoop is the best transformer there ever was because <laughs> he's a flying robot dinosaur yeah I mean come on so anyway um I'm gonna give it a two there you go All right. it's it's a two okay uh I'm gonna give it a one and a half I'm basically giving it the half because at least its villain was okay and it had some stylistic choices. But other than that, this movie, I was struggling to stay awake during. So, nah, fuck this. Uh, which means we get a three and a half out of ten. That's our final score for Hack Eider. Are we going to feel the way about every tokusatsu movie anyone sends us? Well, hopefully no one else sends us any. <laughs> People keep testing our anime boundaries. That's a thing that happens uh, a lot. People keep like, oh, uh, we need a safe word for when people try to test our anime I know. boundaries. It comes up a lot. People are like, what's your favorite anime? Eh. Uh, what's, what's your favorite Japanese thing? Uh, <laughs> what's your favorite Doctor Who episode? Oh, well, that's easy. It's the ones I haven't seen. <laughs> no, man. It's the uh, it's the Everybody Lives episode. Oh, you actually have a favorite? I've only seen like two episodes, so. Oh, that's sad. Anyway, all right, moving on. Moving on. We'll argue about Doctor Who later. Yeah, I'm sure we'll we'll do that. Oh, yeah. I will argue at you about Doctor Who. And I'll sit there and say, eh. eh. <laughs> All right. So, thank you so much for turning, tuning in. Turning in? Yes, yeah, turn, turn in. Turn down for what? Well, John, you look ready to turn in. I, I am ready to turn in. I'm so done. I am <laughs> 300% done. I am a white girl whose order at Starbucks was not right done. That's how done I am. Oh, that's so done. That's pretty done. <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm about as done as the, the way you like your steak. Yeah, ruined. Great, just charred into a shoe. <laughs> I like it to be jerky. <laughs> Awful. Oh yeah, no, I had I had a discussion with my girlfriend recently, and she was like, "Oh, I got steaks. You should come over and we'll have them." I go, "But do you love me enough to ruin a steak?" She's like, "Yes. That is how you know that this is love." She will ruin a steak for me. Slather it in gross <laughs> sauce. Just ketchup. Just ketchup. I want you. I want a well done steak covered in ketchup. Suck a dick, internet. That's how I like my steak. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for listening. Of course, you can find us on all of the social medias. We're on Twitter at System Mastery. We are on Facebook, System Mastery, all over the place. If you want to send us suggestions for movies we should watch. Go ahead, shoot us an email, systemmastery at gmail.com, or on the Twitter or Facebook. We'll find it and put it on our list. And, uh, yeah, if you want to help support us and what we do here, we've got a Patreon running that you can find on our website. And if you've got any comments, do you think that Hakaider is actually brilliant? Am I a dumb idiot who hates good things because of my opinion about steak? If you want to let me know that, don't. Fuck you. I don't care. <laughs> I really hope that this episode gets a giant comment board underneath about steak. Uh, so, until next time, have a wonderful week, and we will be back with more movies to master. <laughs>